Hey, hi, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Eight Figures. This is AJ, the journeyman entrepreneur, with another Beyond Eight Figure episode for you. On the show, we talk with top entrepreneurs about the realities of building an eight-figure business, what success really means to them, and hear from them about some of their winning strategies and tactics. Tune in to each episode to learn how to grow your business beyond 10 million, and more importantly, create your own personal legacy. Hello, everyone. Isn't it great as an entrepreneur when you talk with other entrepreneurs and every once in a while someone will say, oh, I'm thinking of working on this new concept. And, you know, especially when you're like, oh, that sounds cool. I would love to see what happens with that. And then, you know, you go your own ways and maybe you lose touch. But then maybe a couple of years later, all of a sudden you start seeing that idea that that person was talking about start becoming a really cool company. And then growing and growing and like becoming the business in its space. Well, today's guest is someone I've known, and I want to say seven, eight years through a business group called the Dynamite Circle. We were both in the Dynamite Circle and we were just chatting seven, eight years ago about a business idea he wanted to create. Well, we went our own ways and then all of a sudden... I started hearing about this company. There's a little teeny company called Design Pickle. Design Pickle is something I actually use for here, the podcast and for my other company, Insight Labs, but they've become the number one creative services platform. They've grown to pretty much be the definition of productized services. So a lot of us, you know, if you're developing a productized service, there were other businesses, but they've become the standard. And what's really pretty amazing is today's guest is a super great guy. He's as nice as they come. He's always friendly. Every time I've chatted with him, you know, and I know he's swamped 24-7. He's an entrepreneur's entrepreneur. It's always a pleasure to chat with him. He's what he's doing and the dedication and the work and so much he's doing is so great. So look, without much further ado, please, let's bring on Russ Perry, the founder and CEO of Design Pickle. Hey, Russ. It is so great to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much. It's been a journey to get here. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? I mean, I laugh. You know, We've had some scheduling just to give you some everyone out there a little bit. But the reality is I still find it so cool that you and I had a conversation that we had kind of met just online through the Dynamite Circle. And we were just chatting one time and you were like, yeah, I'm going to be doing this thing. And I'm going to call it Design Pickle. And I was like, yeah, sounds kind of cool. I had no real clue, (laughs) really. And yet, here we are, I think about six, half, seven years. I can't even remember right now. But it's like, oh, yeah, you you guys kind of made it. Or you've definitely done really well and you're going. I mean, there's always another level of made it. But wow, I mean, this has been incredible to see what you've done with this. Where do you see yourself on your own entrepreneurial journey now? Where are you? Yeah, I mean... Just to go back though to that moment, like I remember the Dynamite Circle and that private forum group was, well, it all starts with their lead gen of their podcast that they have and you find out about this and then you get into the group and and it was the first time I met online entrepreneurs like ever. 
Like I had never met anyone doing businesses online before. All my past entrepreneurial experiences were in person. Like I had an agency, I dressed up and went to client meetings and met people and did pitches and did, you know, and so, and so like I, it's like bringing back this flood of memories where I vividly remember being like, wait, you can build and run a business online and you don't meet people and you sell things online and you do stuff. And so I was sort of left with this conundrum where my skill set was really doing businesses in person, but I was like, what if I could do what I've done online? How could I, how could that work? Like, how could I sell design service? I was going to do creative and provide support for clients. So yeah, that was that, you know, those ideas were coming about in 2014. So about two, seven years ago and the impetus of design pickle came through some consulting work where I was like using the, the bones of the system with clients. Now today, you know, we're, we're to get to your question, you know, it's a funny question because six years have gone by since I've launched it, almost seven uh, in this January. And I wake up every day still feeling like we're a startup. You know, I feel like there's so much to do in, ahead of us. And I know you've done some of the similar coaching and training work that I've done. One of the key things is you got to look backwards and you have to make sure you're grateful and, and acknowledge where we've come from. So I am definitely, you know, We've gone down the path pretty far where we're at with our teams and what we're doing. But I think one of the greatest things about this business is that it evolves practically daily. You know, like everything, we come up with new ideas. We, you know, I got an email this morning or yesterday, I got an email from a colleague, a different industry that they're now working on NFT technology. She was curious if I was, had any interest in it. Then this morning, I had a customer success team member message me, hey, we're getting a lot of requests to do NFTs. Do you know, think we could do this? And all of a sudden this morning, I'm thinking about, well, what if we could issue NFTs as part of our pro service? How cool would that be? So like, that's what it's like in the journey right now. It's like continual discovery, continual innovation. And it's just, it makes me super excited to, to wake up I still come to work every day. I actually have a physical office that's about two miles from my house, but I'm like out the door ready to go because of that. Like where I'm at is this moment. It's still creating. It's still problem solving, which I love. That is really cool. And just quick disclosure, I said this in the intro to the audience before you joined, but like I am a pro client of yours. So yes, <laughs> <laughs> NFTs and really I partial own a bunch of them. But yeah, if you guys were, I would love to just generate one if for no other reason for one of my different, my own digital assets just to have it, you know, and then go through that lovely now Twitter's giving you the authentication of an NFT. So yes. Yeah, cool. <laughs> just for the bragging rights, but that would be so cool. I I love that because it's like having heard and every once in a while, you know, everyone's in a blue moon getting the chance to like even just chat with you over the years. It's like you guys grew and then grew and you were building something. It was like, okay. And then like a big jump. And now I'm hearing about you guys through the second coming. I've found this fascinating. It's such a great service. And I know we've been even looking, you've added recently the video production and other, you know, going further. So seeing that and seeing the energy you bring is really cool. What has been something that you feel has most helped you in your own effort to be a better entrepreneur? What's like a book, a program, a person, or just some concept 
Yeah, I mean, it's a big concept, but it's very simple. And I'll share it by alluding, I alluded to earlier, you know, I had almost 10 years of entrepreneurial experience before Design Pickle. And I probably made every mistake there could be personally, professionally, even my businesses were just a mess. They were, you know, every project was one-offs. There was no process, no systems. And so when I looked at like my struggles, I realized that I was only accomplishing what I was personally capable of. And so when I closed my agencies in 2014, actually take that back to 2013, not that it matters too much to your listeners. <laughs> They're not like jotting down notes on, on my timeline. Uh, we'll I, I realized, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I realized that I, I, I needed to level up my personal game. And if I imagine myself as a vessel, you know, a mason jar or something, my mason jar was only so big. I could only handle and manage so much. And so I dove sort of blindly into the world of personal development, coaching, you know, personal development books. I went to my first conference, which comically I didn't realize because my friend was running it and she was a, a, a business coach. She's like, come to my event. It's this great event, this beautiful hotel in Scottsdale. And I get there and I realized you didn't tell me this, but it was basically a women's business event and I had shown up to it. Now, don't get me wrong. I grew up single mom, sister, surrounded by women, grew up. And so I loved it. I had a great time and I learned a lot. But slowly but surely, I realized the more that I am able to level up my own personal skills, the better that I can become, I, I can build a business and, and build value to others, which is really what a business is all about. So I have now really taken that to heart. You know, I have done so many different programs of coaching, of books, of conferences and events, and all of it I have unequivocally, and I say this without exaggerating, this is not some exaggeration, every dollar I have spent in this, I have made at minimum 10x back in terms of actual dollar return as well as the you know more intrinsic value of the growth that I have in terms of certainty, confidence, clarity. And so that to me is the hack for business success is you have to focus on the person first. And we all have limiting beliefs and limiting um, viewpoints and things that sometimes it just takes a random stranger who you're paying $150 for an hour Zoom call, which is like crazy to think about. And all they do is hold up a mirror and just show you what they see. They don't even tell you what, they don't tell you what to do, but they just give you that perspective that gets you out of your own self and into that next level and that next phase of growth. And so since then, you know, I just uh, recently joined another group. I've actually been a part of Strategic Coach, although I'm a terrible client. I never, we mentioned earlier that, that you've done that. I, I never, I miss half the events because they're online and I always find, I, I always find a reason to, to not go. But I've done, I, I've done YPO, I've done EO, I've done personal development conferences with private coaches. So this has always just been in, this is the leading indicator to my lagging indicator of business growth. And for anyone out there thinking like feeling stuck, I just say, stop focusing on the business, focus on you. Because if you raise your personal ceiling, the business will follow afterwards. No, I like that a lot because while my last business, the one I was able to sell, I really sold on the way down and 
yes, I had some bad business things, but the reality was I was burnt out. I'd been going 200%. I had gained weight. I was drinking too much, all the fun stuff. And yep, been there. <laughs> four hours of sleep, you know, that lovely like. And then all of a sudden, something happened. It was just like another twig, another, and then snap, snap, snap. And then it was like, couldn't handle. So, yeah, I love that. What are some of the ones that you found really helpful, maybe to where you are now? What are some of the programs? Yeah. So, yeah, you mentioned one. It's a very different program now, but one that I I did out of California was called Wake Up Warrior. Today, they're mainly an online program. They do most of their stuff virtually. I can't tell you the content is the same and the content is very powerful. It's a mainly men's focus group. They've done some women and female things before. But that was just 100% personal development. I mean, super intense. When I went, there was kind of a boot camp week experience I did. And, you know, and a lot of it was pushing yourself into the unknown. You know, that program and others like it. There's there's other ones. I, I, I don't have any offhand. What they do is they challenge you to, to go beyond your comfort zone, which is really what growth is all about. It's pushing beyond that threshold of comfort. So they incorporate it physically, mentally, emotionally. It's sort of funny because I come back and my wife is like, hey, how is your, your boot camp?" And I was like, well, we spent a lot of time crying, huddled in circles, talking about our feelings and emotions. Like, like you know, was it, you know, there's some hard parts, but there's definitely some other more challenging, you know, emotional things. But then that, again, is what I said. It translates back to the business world because when I come back and I put on my CEO hat, I know how to be more vulnerable. I know how to ask tougher questions. I know how to lead in a way that's more authentic to who I am and what I want. And when I'm faced with challenging decisions, which every day I'm faced with like, they're not like lose-lose situations. We're not in a tough, you know, it's it's not in a, I'm not in a position where I'm having to pick the lesser of two evils, but I'm having to pick the, what is the best path? And they both could be good. And they were not sure I have to lean on my own certainty for that. And that's not going to be found in a business book. It's not going to be found in a coach. You know, it's not going to be found externally. And you have to really dive into that internal voice. And so I found, you know, that program as well as, you know, any program that really looks at that, that internal focus of what they're trying to grow and change, that helps build that, that, that compass, if you will. And for so many years, that compass, which is always there inside of us, was covered by doubt, insecurity, imposter syndrome, all of, you know, alcohol and drinking, which I've struggled with as well. You know, you, we cover it up with distractions. And when I was able to slowly remove all of that, it was like, wow, you know what the true secret of getting what you want in life is just listen to what your voice tells you and just go do it. <laughs> like, like there's really, there's really no hack. There's no framework. There's no worksheet. There's nothing you have to do, but we just, we just suppress that voice or we're, we're convinced that someone else's voice is more valuable and we follow that. And that can, that can help at times, especially if it's something very specific you're trying to work through. But other times, it's just a distraction from what what you know is the right path. Now, what do you see the balance between uh, that you look at now, given you know the impact that Wake Up or and other you know personal stuff? Now, what type of balance do you look for between personal and business development type? 
So the personal has definitely taken a second seat to the professional work. And I think it's namely because I did it for like five years. So I did that straight for five years. I wasn't in any business groups. I wasn't in any masterminds. I was just 100% focused on that. So I'm not an expert, but I do feel like I'm a bit ahead of the curve right now in terms of where I land in that department. And so what I've now focused on this year, especially 2021, is getting back into the like professional growth mode. And so I joined a group YPO. I have coach, an executive coach. And it's, it's now taking this strong foundation that I worked over the last five years and now working on my tooling and the practical skills of leadership, of growth. So I think it's, it's, it's a balancing act. Like you mentioned, like you have to, you have to, you have to always be working on both, but sometimes one is going to take the precedent over the other personal versus professional. And I will say, if you've done nothing, always start with personal. If you think of yourself as the foundation of your life, your business, like it, that's built on it, you want that foundation to be as rock solid as possible. You want to build a skyscraper, not a, not a beach cabana. You know, like like you want to be able to build huge and have the support that's there. And so you really have to start there. So many of my friends who are starting their entrepreneurial careers over the last few years, I see them really struggle because they're like, they're trying this and that and the other with the business. Then I'm like, well, what do you want? They're like, what do you mean? It's like, what do you want personally? Like, what do you want in your life? I'm like, I don't know. I want, I want this, I want to, I want this business. I want to sell this product. I want to do this. I'm like, no, that's not what you want. I mean, that's a way to get what you want. But you have to be clear on that. And that powerful question, what do you want, while so simple, is probably one of the hardest questions to answer when you first start down this path, because many of us aren't sure, you know, we're seeking it, we're going after it. So today I really focus on the technical skills. And you know what will happen is in a year or two from now, I will grow in that area to a point where I got to switch back to the personal stuff. My family situation will change. My life will change. I'll be faced with challenges, maybe my mom who's, who's getting older and having to take care of her and whatever. Like, so you, you, it's this, it's this flip-flop. You never lose sight of one or the other, but you definitely, I would always recommend one is, one is like kind of the focus seasonally. And, and that season just evolves as you evolve. No, I like that. I mean, it is really kind of hard to figure out, but yeah, I definitely agree. I think, you know, I've been, maybe diving a little bit into sort of your business model in my own efforts around productized service, but then setting the base. It's funny because I always talk when you do growth marketing, you have to have the right foundation. But I think that's kind of with anything you try and do. If you don't set the foundation correctly, if you don't know what you're doing, you don't know where you're going, it doesn't matter if you do something cool. It just It's all over the place. So no, I like that. Given that you seem to be in this. Yeah, I mean, and, yeah, sorry, go on. Well, yeah, and I would just say one final thought on that. You also, I think the thing with the, the foundational analogy is when you don't have clarity of where you're going long term, you don't really know what that foundation needs to even be. So it really is a challenging thing. It's kind of a predicament that, you know, you really have to live in the future and the present to say, okay, here's where I want to be in my future personally. And when I was going on my journey, one of one of the coaches who I met in the D.C., my very first coach I ever hired, he challenged me using Ray Dalio's principles. You know, it's a book that came out recently 
to say, you know, make a list of what you want and make a list of what you want in a practical way. Don't say, I want happiness. Don't say, I want world peace. You know, like these are what I, what I call seminar answers. They're answers that make you sound smart and like you're holistic and like altruistic, but they're actually meaningless. Like they don't actually, your brain can't quantify happiness. Your brain can't quantify world peace. But if you say, I want a Tesla, which was on my list originally, I wanted a Tesla I drove a Scion XB, which I thought was the coolest car at the time that I could have. And I wanted a Tesla. And that to me was, was something real. And that then went on my list of the things. And there were other things, you know, I wanted a business I could run online from anywhere in the world. That was real. You know, I understood that at the time. And then I said, okay, what do I, who do I need to become today? What are the things, what is this foundation I need to do today in order to set myself up for those types of things? And then it's like, you know, two, it's like a, like a, you know, movie with two, two plots, like the, the timeline starting at the end of the beginning. And they finally meet at some point in the middle of the movie, like that ends up becoming what really happens is you, you set your future state, you, you work on your present state and then lo and behold, like all of a sudden, the future state becomes the present and I have an online business. I was able to buy a Tesla and you repeat the process, you know, just indefinitely until you no longer want to grow. Well, that's a good thing because, you know, you talk about setting the intention to get going and started. How have, you know, since you now have grown so much and you're gaining so much of your original efforts and beyond at this point. so you're probably multiple times. How do you go about evaluating and resetting those goals? Yeah. So it is really practical. And in fact, I just took a family holiday last week and I went through the same process that I have gone through for the last five, six years. This process, while I learned it in my personal development work with Warrior, it's been around forever. There's a book called 12 week year, which actually does a really great job uh, outlining it. Where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be in 90 days? And then, and I do that every three to four months. So I outline, you know, where in my life, personally, professionally, spiritually, emotionally, physically, do I want to be in a year? Where am I, you know, what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to do? What do I, if I'm going to, if I'm going to meet myself in a year, what do I want to see? And then what do I need to do over the next 90 days to be on track for that? And then once a year, right at the end of December, beginning of January, I do a bigger session where I say, what about three years? What about five years? What about 10 years? And then that sets my anchors for then the year conversation. And what's amazing is it'll always change. Like my year vision of myself from 90 days ago is way different than my year version of myself today. It changes with you and your growth. But that continual evaluation, that process, and you know, I have it. I don't know if this is going to be a video process, a video podcast or not, but I'll hold up. Yeah, like I have my like 12, 12 week, you know, where do I want to be in 12 weeks from now? I have my long term vision, I have my three year vision, my one year vision. And so, like, I just do it in a journal, you know, I did it partially on a beach and on an airplane. And and then I set a calendar date from, you know, three, three and a half, four months from now, and I'll do it again and I'll do it again. And I've just been on that process every time. 
And then from this list of what do I want to do over the next 12 weeks becomes sort of my weekly game plan and my focus and how do I manage my time and what am I, you know, what am I spending time on? Like I still have a long ways to go for some physical training stuff I'm working on. And so like, I need to swim more and I need to block out those calendar times. And, you know, and I just did that this morning when I got to the office. So it's, it isn't rocket science, you know, like there's no, and you, and I think a lot of people try to reach for complicated goals. And like, I, I know that if I'm creating enough abundance in my life that I can accomplish the things that matter to me, then, then there's going to be more left over to do things to help others. So I really put myself at the center of this goal setting process, knowing that abundance and the ability to support others, whether it's in my time or resources will come out of it. I think too many people reach for these super wonderful, thoughtful goals and how they want their, to their, you know, what they want on their epitaph, but they don't actually get clear on like, where they want to live <laughs> and like the, the, you know, like the, the lifestyle they want to have. And it could be a monk lifestyle, meaning you, you need no money and require nothing, but put it down and work towards it. You know, that's hard to do in today's age. So. No, I, I think that is true. I mean, so often it's like, what's the cool, you know, the craziest new cool, blah, blah, blah. And then it's like, well, kind of just writing and reviewing and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. It's not sexy, but it, it's impactful. It's not. And it, and it takes, it takes a level of self-discipline to sit down and do it. That is oddly hard. It's like, oh, I can sit down and do this. But often when you're faced with this, the blank sheet, it becomes a little bit scary. So I, uh, another practical tip is I always ensure that I do this somewhere new, a new coffee shop, a park, a restaurant, a library. Yeah. I never do this in the same place twice because it gives me a sense of like, I'm building something new. I'm somewhere new. I'm not in my comfort zone. And so that's just a little practical hack is just your physical space. Go somewhere different when you go do this. Don't do it at your office. Don't do it in your home. Don't do it at your favorite coffee shop. Mm -hmm. No, I, I love that because I live on the Costa del Sol, not quite as pretty as Scottsdale, you know, in Southern Spain here, but you know, I go and we have these things called chiringuitos, which are just basic restaurants on the beach. There are some that are on nice, flat, sandy beaches. There are some that are cliffs. And I love going and having, you know, I drop the kids off at school and I love going to have coffee, you know, at a different one, you know, and check out the view or whatever. So, yeah, I, I, that's a cool idea. I'm going to try and take that in. Besides about to becoming the uh, tool seller to the NFT race, what are you kind of, yeah. What are you kind of seeing out there that you are becoming fascinated with and you think is going to be really important to business? Yeah. So I will say just selfishly, it's going to be about design pickle and what we're doing, namely just because it's, it's what I think about all the time. You know, I think one trend I'm seeing in, in is unified experiences and kind of holistic experiences. And it, if we look at some of the companies that have been the most successful of our, of our generation, 
we look at the Apples, we look at the Amazon, the Teslas that are emerging, like they're these unified experiences from, from end to end, from financing to purchasing to content to to technical support. It's it's all this one ecosystem. And you know, for better or for worse, I think a lot of people can argue that this is this is the demise of privacy and individualism. You look at the Googles and the Facebooks of the world, but you know, that controversy aside, what we're looking at is how do we do that inside of the creative experience? So you can go from idea to working with the creative, to, but then beyond that, like, how do we manage our files? How do you share them? How do you integrate data sources to what you're doing? And, and you know, you post an ad and that can be reflected in our platform to be able to in, influence what you create next. How do you collaborate? How do you share better? And you don't have to go to all of these different destinations for all of these these parts of our of our business, which is creating, you know, creating content. And and so we're really learning. You know, a brand that I love that I, I study, you know, all the time. I actually joke that I'm an amateur historian, and then my kids kids quizzed me, and I like failed all their questions. I had no no idea, which is, but it's a, it's with the company Disney. Like I love Disney, and I follow them a lot. I don't know Walt Disney's birthday. That was the first question they asked me. And I was like, I don't know. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> but they're a unified experience, you know, like you can go to a hotel, you can go online, their apps work together, they're creating content. So we're just trying to really emulate that. We think consumers and buyers are willing to pay for good quality. They're willing to pay, you know, more for an experience that is designed well and that it's fluid and that doesn't leave them hanging. And that's really our, our kind of philosophy as we're moving forward. And I think you'll see that in automotive. You'll see that in technology. I mean, you already are. You'll see that in, I mean, you're seeing it with groceries here in the States, how Amazon bought Whole Foods. And now you can buy Whole Foods from your Amazon app and that gets delivered. And, you know, it's this total integration that's happening across all industries. No, I, I think that it, it's funny because I was just having a conversation about some people who are, and you said one thing that I find very interesting because I've heard other people talk about it. But when you started talking about that unified design, the first thing you used to define it, though, was value. I think something I sadly don't always see from a lot of these attempts to roll up, you know, Apple, Amazon, you know, they they create this high value and you kind of you jump into the experience because you're getting so much. I think too many people are trying to emulate it with like, well, here we have this and we have this and we have this. It's like, no, no, no. The value, you know, finding that value. And, you know, since I've been able to have a company to use you guys is that value proposition. And I, I like that that's your first focus when you describe, you know, in trying to create the unified experience, because sadly that's not what I hear a lot. That is really cool. Yeah. And there's difference between shiny object syndrome and understanding the the continuity, the value continuity, right? Like shiny object syndrome is kind of what you were like, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this and we're going to do this, you know? But I think if you think of a, of a customer's experience as a timeline, as a linear experience, and there might be some on-ramps and off-ramps, you know, not everyone gets on and off at the same time. But you look at like, okay, they start here, then what's their next destination? And then what do they want to do next? And then what do we want to do next? And if you can 
create a business or value chain around all of those points, what ends up happening just practically is you increase your customer lifetime value because they are using you for more things. You mentioned we launched motion graphics recently. So this is something we've been getting asked for for so many years. And we've seen a lot of cancellations because that's what clients need next. They do their visual design of some graphic elements, but now they need you know, to put it on a video. They need a lower third. They need an animation. They want to spice things up, but we couldn't do that. So they would cancel and move on. Well, within, you know, three weeks of launching this, we already are at over a million MRR of revenue, pushing this, you know, to, to be our fastest product launch ever. But all we did was create another stop on the value chain for our clients because we knew and we understood that. So, you know, it's very important. Maybe NFTs will be shiny object syndrome. I'm not sure. We'll definitely research it. But if we discover that that's a natural point where people will go to after they've created something, then of course we would look into it. No, I, I like that a lot because a year, once again, times are fleeting. But I know in the past, some of your competitors had positioned themselves as, oh, and we do video too. And yet the reviews then of the thing was, but not well. So I like that you guys took your time to get it in right and it's doing well for you. That's, that is definitely pretty yeah. cool. Our yeah. video, I mean, we, we have a little work to do in the feedback tool, which we had to build ourselves and it's a little j- janky. The, the team did a great job getting it to market. Now we just have to polish it. But I can say our video, like our guys are, and gals are amazing. Like they're, we actually have over a hundred people on the wait list right now because we sold out so fast. So we, we really wanted to deliver high quality and ensure that we can do it well and not just try to outvalue our competitors, which is what they do. I don't even like calling them competitors or just, I like calling them copycats. And all they said is like, well, Hey, we'll be cheaper and do, and do more, but but the service is lower quality. And so it's kind of like, all right, well, you get what you pay for. (laughs) I know (laughs) someone pitched me as an investor on his startup. And literally that was the phrase he used. We're going to be cheaper and we're going to offer more. And I was just like, yeah, that's definitely what an investor wants to hear. Yeah. 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 We're going to be bottom of the barrel. Like, come on, (laughs) give me your money now so I can burn it. Um, Well, okay. To something much cooler. You're obviously looking to grow Design Pickle and you're looking to make it a much larger experience to kind of paraphrase, you know, for, you know, the business owner or, you know, for businesses. How are you looking to define your own success as an entrepreneur? Well, this is a, this is a, a big question and I think it's evolved over the years, you know, for me. Success, which was, was originally like, I can pay all my bills on time, right? Like that was like, that was, that was success. Ironically enough, I, I, I missed like my house payment last year because of like a mailing error. And I was so, I was so, uh, I laughed because I was like, oh boy, here you go. It never ends. But now I think success is being able to choose my challenges and being able to choose the challenges personally and professionally. That really, to me, sums it up is There are many people on this world that um, don't get to choose those challenges. And I wouldn't say they're not successful, but I just say that, you know, the freedom of choice is, I think, the ultimate 
goal for, for many of us. And I was fortunate enough to be born, you know, at the time and the moment and the place and the space that allowed me the opportunities to get here today. And I think a lot of that was luck. A lot of that was just me being dumb enough to just go after it and not knowing the consequences, but looking ahead, you know, that, that to me is what I just want to maintain is that and grow is that freedom of choice. And, and I don't have it completely yet. You know, there's a lot of things that I am under the gun, whether it's, you know, from my teams, from my family or whatever, but I do think that that, that is the measuring stick that I kind of put. And that could mean less in the material world, you know, it can mean less and less complicated life and, and doesn't mean, you know, more, 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 more. It, it really is a balancing act around that. Um, and also just having fun, <laughs> like just loving it and having fun. I think that's always like a measuring stick I want to personally have. You know, I've had some of the most gnarly, crazy jobs ever. Like I just weird, hard jobs. Like a pro tip, never answer the advertisement that's that's nailed to the telephone pole for work. Like that never turns out well. But, you know, the point is, is like I want to enjoy where I'm at. And I think I've went so many years of my previous career thinking that fun and enjoyment was over the hill and I just had to get over the hill. But the reality is the hill never ended. It was always over the hill. It was always over the hill. So that has to be designed into the present and maintained and protected. So, you know, doing podcasts like this, I love doing them, having more time for content, having more time for creation, personal creation, things like that. Like that's, that's really what I, what I look forward to. And to me, again, to answer your question is, that measurement of success. Cool. Well, hey, Russ, it is great to have you on the show because, you know, I talked to you so long ago and the the earliest concept of this was in that six plus year conversation. And it's, you know, and so now that it's actually going, it was so cool to actually have you come on. So thank you so much for being our guest today. I really do appreciate it. Today was so much fun. Russ is one of the nicest people I know out there. And I haven't talked to him in a few years. But wow, (laughs) I just remembered how nice he is. And it's great to be able to talk with other entrepreneurs. And when you see such growth, you know, from back in 2013, 14, when we first talked to now is just amazing. But to see it happen for such a great guy, that is over the top. There was so much to learn from Russ today. I He's just, it's amazing. And you know, I know I'm going to be re-listening to the episode and taking lots more notes and kind of things. But really, the things that kind of stuck out is look to business groups that give you a wider view of what's possible in the world. You know, right now, I'm loving all the energy. Maybe it's getting a little crazy, but all the energy and acquisition entrepreneurship, micro PE, search funding, blah, 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 blah. Matter of fact, we have Jeremy Harbour of the Harbour Club coming up soon. But back to the point, looking at how Russ's experience with Tropical MBA leading him to the Dynamite Circle, his concept of, wow, I'm doing all this stuff with my existing businesses that are not what I want. But look at these people. They're doing businesses online. They're doing stuff all over the world. Wait, wait, wait. This is possible. And it changed his framework of what could be. And that seed 
took all of his previous experience, all the mistakes he had made, and gave him a framework to go create something new, which has been amazing with Design Pickle as it grows from strength to strength to strength. So look at your business groups. Try and find things that help you expand your world of what is possible. Two, yes, we did dive into Wake Up Warrior and stuff, but the core concept of work on yourself, set your foundation, make sure you're in the best possible position. As someone who burnt out with my last company and sold on the way down and took the deal that was on the table, not the deal I wanted to create, when you lose sight of yourself, when you sacrifice your own sleep, your own health, your own stuff, just to push, 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 push that boulder up the hill further, it gets risky. And, you know, Russ's process of going forward, setting and doing the work to make himself become a better person and consistently reviewing it, which, you know, is another thing. But then looking at when the balancing point of personal to business, business back to personal. Oh, my kids are growing up. I now need to work on becoming a better father. Oh, wait, wait. We are now looking to acquire companies. We're getting so big. Oh, I have to look at structuring. That was such a cool concept because I think we're told to learn about business, do this, da 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 this. And yeah, it's this balance of becoming the better person. So, therefore, we can become better entrepreneurs. And I like that, especially since. You know, this third part is how he talked about doing it. You know, how he said he had just gone on vacation with his family and, you know, using the concept of that type of vacation to review his 12 week year. I've been recommended that quite often and have listened to the Blinkist, that concept of looking at your long-term goals, specifically your one year goals, but on a rolling basis and course correcting as that goes and using that to balance where you need to do the work, not just what you need to execute on, but where you need your own personal work. Is it to get deeper into the business? Is it to get deeper into your own, you know, well-being, your own health, whatever that may be? I that was very powerful because I think so much I have everything I need to work on. When Everything is a fire. <laughs> Nothing gets put out. So looking at how Russ approached it and creating that balance and creating the dedication to the process and working the process is something that we as entrepreneurs should take more consideration of. So look, there's so much more that Russ talked about, so much more he shared. All I'm going to say is go check out Design Pickle. If you need design services, go use it. We use it. It's amazing. We are very, very happy with it. So go, 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 go. Click the link below in the show notes and go to the site. Go check out Russ on the social, socialness. We'll have his links there. He's a great guy. And if you can go find pictures of him in the pickle suit, it is beautiful. All right. Once again, go click below for our social connections. We'd love to uh, engage with you. Love to hear what's interesting to you as an entrepreneur, what problems you're trying to deal with. If you don't like the show, let us know. Uh, tell us what you would like to hear. So please share with someone, let us know, and we look forward to creating more content for you. Thank you for listening today. I hope you have a wonderful day. I can't wait to talk to you again. Goodbye. This episode of Beyond Eight Figures is over, but your journey as an entrepreneur continues. 
So if we can help you with anything, please just let us know. And if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might learn from it. Until next time, keep growing and find the joy in your journey. This is AJ, and I'll be talking to you soon. Bye-bye.